0: On this episode of This is Game Boy Light, look, normally we do like a joke or a stinger here, but I feel that for this special episode, uh, this special light episode, we need to bring a little bit of culture to everybody. So uh, before I start everything, I would uh, I would like to kick off this episode by reading you a famous poem by the French poet slash author Avril Lavigne. So um, Lex, if you could put on some like fancy poem, book reading, chill background music while we, while we do this, uh, that would be great. But uh, yeah, here, here is the, uh, the famous poem. He was a paper boy. His games brought nobody joy. Why they exist, I am not sure. I'll tell you what is the case you constantly fall on your face because objects appear in a blur. Thank you. Hello, everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of This Is Game Boy Light, our in between episodes where either me or EBC uh, take a look at some game or some topic on our own. So, like every uh, episode, let's start off with what I've been doing, which is not much, because uh, we're currently still experiencing a lot of heat waves around here, which means I cannot spend more time. Uh, than I should in my room, because it's a little sauna in here. Um, But I've played a few games, at least. um, One of them being Wild Arms 2, which I finally decided to play after buying a copy of it, like, 15 years ago. Um, Wild Arms 1, at least, is one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Um, And after I played that one, I bought 2 and 3, 2 being a US And probably Japanese exclusive Um, so it was never released here in Europe Uh, that's on a again on PS1 and there's also Wild Arms 3 on PS2 Um, I think there's two more like three and uh, four and five on PS2 and also the remake of the first one which only came out in America and Japan and it is unaffordable for me Sadly, because I would really love to play the remake of that, but yeah, maybe one day I'll find a copy for uh, for a good price. But for now, I'm playing Wild Arms 2. It's uh, it's good. I really like it. Uh, it's it's not. It ha- doesn't have the same impact as the first one it did for me. But uh, yeah, I'm enjoying the game. I think I'm halfway through the first disc because yes, this game has two discs, uh, and it's been fun so far. There's not a lot of actual fighting more boss battling than than anything else uh maybe it's just because the way of i'm playing it but uh i I just seem to go from one boss fight into the next uh but that's fine i mean what else do you do in an rpg right um besides that i've played escape from tettis which is a either cheap or free game on steam i'm gonna say cheap uh it's one of those games that i had no idea i even had so it probably came because it was free for a day or that i got it in a humble bundle or something like that uh but it's like a shortish metroid-like game Um, i had a lot of fun with it um I played through it twice, once to get a 100% completion and then for the speedrun achievement, which was a lot easier than I expected it to be. Um, so if you want like, a, I think it, I spent five hours on it, like four on my initial playthrough and like 45 minutes on the speedrun or something, uh, go check it out. It's it's actually very fun and it has very basic mechanics so it, it's nothing too crazy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I've only played one Game Boy game. And I haven't even finished it yet. Uh, I'm almost done with it. But it's uh, Battle Ping Pong, which is a Japanese exclusive game uh, where you play ping pong. It's, it's, it's actual ping pong. It's not like something fancy with, uh, with Gundam characters or anything like that. Um, yeah, it, it works fine. Um, what I especially like about the game is that your paddle goes to the ball automatically. So, (laughs) you just have to press the buttons at the correct time. So, that's real good because I'm not really good at at sports games anyways. Uh, It gets a little bit more difficult near the end. I think I have two more opponents to beat before I have beaten this game. But yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing, really. Uh, So, not that much. Like, Wild Arms 2, of course, is a longer game uh, because it's an RPG. But I'm using that to chill during these uh, heat waves that we're having, uh, so yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So yeah, let's dive into uh, the, I guess the topic of this week um, because I'm talking about two games, but they're so, <laughs> so closely tied together uh, that it's just gonna be one episode and even a light episode because there's not that much to say about it. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna be talking about Paperboy one and two for Game Boy. Enjoy this. <coughs> <clears throat> Amazing <clears throat> music from uh, from Paperboy on Game Boy, and I'll be right back. so i hope you didn't tear off your ears after listening to that song because otherwise you would not be hearing me anymore um so yeah, let's dive a little bit into paperboy so what is paperboy it was uh well besides garbage um it's actually an arcade game made by atari uh, back in the 80s where you controlled your character or the bike with actual bike handlebars as a controller. So that that was pretty nifty. Um, but yeah, it's basically a uh, score-based game where you try to get as many points as possible. I'll go into the details uh, a little bit later when we're overviewing the Game Boy games. Uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's an arcade game at least. Um, It had two sequels, actually. It had uh, Paperboy 2, but that only came on home consoles. Uh, Like, the original got ported to literally every system you can imagine, and almost the same happened with the sequel, but that was especially made for home consoles. And if I'm not mistaken, it got also a uh, third game Paperboy 64 on a Nintendo 64. Um, I don't know why. I, I don't understand why they ever tried to make sequels to this but hey there you go but the franchise has been dead since then and thank god it is so um <laughs> so yeah let's uh let's dive into uh, the actual games themselves so uh paperboy came out in uh in the us in july 1990 and in europe in 1990 so probably a few uh a few months later, never got a Japanese release. Um, The developer, I found that it's tangent, but I actually think it's East rich technology. Um, If it is East rich technology, at least uh, not much is known about this company. If it even is a company, Uh, but some people have spread. Rumors again. We were are not really sure that uh, Rich technology probably was accompanied by one person. So uh, that that's all we really know about it. Um, it definitely does not exist anymore. Uh, the publisher, however, for both games actually is uh, Mindscape, and Mindscape is a name that everybody will probably know a little bit about. Uh, they were a uh, were again. They they dissolved actually uh, about. 10 years ago, I believe, uh, like in 2011, uh, was a video game developer and publisher uh, based in Illinois. Uh, so, a few of their games that they have worked on or, or published uh, are well known titles. Uh, like, for instance, we got Shadowgate, we got Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom for NES, Paperboy, of course, because that's what we're talking about, we got Prince of Persia. We got Sim earth That's a that's a weird one. Uh, we got Captain America and the Avengers for Super Nintendo and Game Boy, actually, or other handhelds. Uh, got the Terminator for NES. Got Prince of Persia Two. Yada yada yada. Look, they they they've done quite a few games at least uh, in their time. So it's it's a well known. Uh, Company for sure. Uh, the composer of this game, who provided you with that amazing song, I, I don't think he actually composed the music for the Game Boy version, to be honest. I think somebody uh, took their time to revert it to for the Game Boy. Uh, but the original composer for the Paperboy team, at least, uh, was Hal Cannon. Um, and that's about all the information I can find about Hal Cannon. Um, So yeah, uh, at least for the sequel, uh, where I can't find any uh, music for, sadly, uh, it got composed by Rick, it's actually spelled Rich, so it's either Rick or Rich Shimaria. So that's the composer for a second game. Uh, speaking of the second game, that one came out two years later. So in, uh, in the US in April 1992 and in Europe in 1992. Both games, as I mentioned before, have the genre of an arcade game. You could also call them an auto scrolling game, to be honest. Um, the plot of this game or these games um, is, is very, very brief. You are a paper boy or a girl and you deliver papers. That is the plot of this game. There's not actually a plot at all. So let's dive a little bit into the gameplay and we're going to start off with Paperboy one, of course. So uh, it controls pretty easily. Up will increase your bike speed and down will decrease your bike speed. Um, like I mentioned, it's an auto scroller, so you will be constantly be moving forward, so stopping completely is actually not an option. Uh, The left and the right buttons will steer you either left or right. Simple as that. What does the A and B button do? Well, you can throw some papers uh, with it. And in this case, in One, they will always be thrown to your left side. Let's dive into the mechanics of this game. So you auto scroll through the levels on a faux isometric grid. Uh, With your character having a very small playing field on the right side of the screen, Uh, I would say about 25% of the entire screen is where you can move uh, and everything else is on the left side. So, um, all obstacles, houses, yada 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 will appear on your left side, but also on the right side when it comes to hazards. Uh, what you have to do is complete a full week of delivering paper. So, that means there are seven stages Monday through Sunday. Every time you will start a new game, the hazards and the houses will get randomized. So, you have to pay attention to uh, what's going on. You can't just Learn the stages by heart and beat them. So your goal here is to deliver newspapers to the light gray houses uh, or the ones with a mailbox, that's a better tell uh, on the game version, by throwing a paper on either their doormat or in their mailbox. Newspapers you have, you start with 10 of them. If you see a pile of newspapers, you can get some more and you will be needing to do that because otherwise you will run out. Um, If you deliver to all of the subscribers on one day, you get a new subscriber for the following day. Um, If you fail to deliver to one or more subscribers on any given day, they will unsubscribe and if you lose all of them, you will game over you can destroy the windows and other things of the non-subscribing houses to gain some extra points Um, there's no need for that unless you are actually going for a high score but just remember that you can't do that Um, the hazards you can stop most of them Uh, if you can get to them, by throwing a paper to them. So there's a lot of hazards in the game, like wheels running around, people chasing after you, bees, uh, dogs trying to mow you down, stuff like that. If they are on the left or the right side of you, you can... Well, no, in (laughs) in this case, in this game, only the left side of you, you can stop them by throwing a paper at them. It also will give you a few points for that. After each stage, you will come across a stunt course where you can get more points. And again, it's completely useless unless you're going for a high score. You can even just fail the stunt course at the start to save you some time because you will be replaying this game over and over and over and over again until you reach the end. So you you can technically skip it unless you just want a little breather from from all the madness that is going on on the street Um, you can take your time there but yeah it doesn't matter at all unless you're going for points Uh, the final mechanic of the game is you start the game with four lives to get through these seven days and there are no ways to gain extra ones so uh, again that's why I said the score does not matter at all you would think you would gain some extra lives by getting a high score or something you do not you have four lives that is it if you lose them all you have to restart the entire game so anyways like when you listen to these mechanics it sounds pretty simple and basically it is a pretty simple game you avoid stuff and you deliver uh deliver papers um that works for a game i mean it's fine why not but this Game Boy port does have some problems, so uh, let's dive into those for a bit. So, this is a straight conversion from the NES port, meaning they did not downsize any of the sprites uh, for the Game Boy screen. Uh, the only way they saw to fit the game on the screen was to zoom in the camera to the point where you barely have any room to see or react to incoming objects objects uh, and that's literally the point of the game. So they basically already failed in providing uh, (laughs) the simplest mechanics, the basic mechanics for this game uh, to play Um, because it's a conversion. It also means that the color coding that was used for the NES version uh, to help you distinguish objects, it's not present at all in this game. they did not alter sprites or something like that. So, uh, have fun, uh, seeing the difference between gray and some other gray, um, to distinguish things between the good houses, the bad houses and stuff like that. It is a real problem to, uh, to actually see what what you have to do um, and then there is a third problem which makes it even harder to play this game the hitbox of your bike character does not make a lot of sense uh, it might be due to the isometric grit. Uh maybe just because they couldn't fit a hitbox in there correctly because you're still basically working with uh, with square pixels so making a diagonal hitbox is literally impossible basically um but yeah they they definitely did not do it correctly um either way there will be plenty of times during this game where you either feel like you should have been hit by something very clearly and other times where you get hit by something that is not anywhere near you at all um so yeah those are the three things you have to keep in mind while playing this game you can't see anything your hitbox is very horrible and there is no distinguish no distinguishing fact between what is uh, good and what is bad so it makes it hard for you to figure out which houses are the ones you have to deliver to so yeah that's basically paperboy 1 in its whole that's all this game is another scroller you throw papers you avoid stuff you do that for seven stages and the game will end so that's pretty much it so Let's move on to Paperboy 2. The controls in Paperboy 2 are the same as in Paperboy 1, but in this case, A throws papers to the left side of you, B throws papers to the right side of you. This already is an improvement because you can also hit things that come from your right side, in case you, <laughs> you need to do that. Uh, but it also ties into how this game is uh, improved upon, or or mechanically approved upon from the previous game so the core gameplay in paperboy 2 is basically the same you still do the same stuff you avoid hazards you deliver papers you get to the end of the streets that is it in this game however instead of one week or seven stages you get three weeks or 21 stages with each week being on a quote-unquote harder street so there's uh easy streets mm, wait they're called they It's not street, it's like hard, whatever. It's easy, medium, hard. Um, You cannot choose your own difficulty. You have to beat the first week before you go to the second and then you go to the third week. Um, They added a lot of new enemies and house types just to make the variation a little bit more interesting, which it actually does. Like the the first one is very bare bones, but this one is a lot more interesting. There's a lot more visually going on. Uh, It's also a lot more funny when it when it comes to playing the game, like there are some very silly things you can do in the game. So uh, it, it makes it at least more interesting and there's more variation. Um, in this case, a street also consists of multiple parts. So in the first game, the street is always on your left side. You get to the end, you cross the road and you are at Stunt course. Uh, In this case, however, you either start on the left or the right side, you cross a lane or you cross a street, then do another side. So that's also why you can throw papers in two directions in this game. Uh, On the quote unquote higher difficulties, there are even more parts. So it could be that you have to do three sides before you reach the end of the stage. Um, In this game, there are also a lot of random events that can happen. For instance, like uh, there's a guy at the pool, you can throw into the pool. Uh, There's a guy tagging walls with graffiti. Um, There's a guy holding up a gas station or a bank. These are all uh, things that are not hazardous to use, but you can interact with them uh, for some quote unquote funny scenes and you will get more points, of course, because that's still the core mechanic of this game. Um, So yeah let's see what the problems with this game are and what the improvements are Um, basically the game has the same problems as the previous one there is no color coding so sometimes it's hard to figure out which house does have a mailbox or not in advance that is if you're right next to them you can see the mailbox of course Um, the screen is still zoomed in making reaction time slim to none and the hitbox is still a shitbox so uh, again the same problems that the previous game had where it does way better than its predecessor, however, is that a lot of the hazards are way easier to predict, even when they are still off screen, um, especially after you have done day one, because basically day one shows you where everything is and subsequent days just add more hazards uh, on the same route. So, um, yeah, the houses and the objects are still random once you start a game. Uh, but yeah, every day... Uh, has the same layout, but has or even removes some of the hazards. Uh, But that also means you can basically form a plan much better than in the first game. In the first game, it's more like, well, we'll see what happens in this one. You're like, oh, this happened on day one, so I can expect this on day two. And they will probably add that. Um, It may sound daunting to do three weeks instead of one week uh, on Street on streets with quote-unquote increasing difficulty and with only four lives uh, but I wouldn't worry about that the game actually provides a password system after there every week and in this game you can actually get one-ups however that will take some practice but there are one So uh, in order to net a one up, you need to do a perfect delivery, meaning on day one, you cannot fail to deliver uh, to a single house, Um, losing a subscriber means you will have to use the next day to get that subscriber back, uh, meaning you just can't do a perfect delivery on uh, on that day. Of course, if you have lost more than one subscriber on a day, it will take you more days to get them back as you can only get one new subscriber per day. Uh, But all in all, after a while you get so familiar with the game itself, uh, you can manage this pretty fine unless some bullshit happens that respawns you beyond beyond the house mailbox you needed to do. Um, That is a problem with this game that's if you're right if you're coming up to a house with a mailbox and you do get hit with a hazard they usually respawn you after the mailbox so you cannot get that uh, mailbox at all so have to keep that in mind for sure while playing but again this game it's a lot easier to figure things out and to get like a rhythm going and knowing how to deal with certain hazards so it makes it easier to do that perfect delivery Get more one-ups and give you more chances to actually finish the game um, so the last thing is like I said the difficulty of the streets doesn't really increase like it's not like the game gets super hard all of a sudden when you go to uh, medium or hard uh, they just get uh, new houses or new hazards or get longer uh, but otherwise it remains pretty much the same like you still have to do the exact same thing to avoid these hazards and once you've learned how to react to each uh, of them, it will make it a lot easier. Like the example I can give is when I started playing this game, it took me about an hour and a half, I believe, to finish easy straight. And uh, then it took me another hour and a half to do both medium and hard. And hard took me one try, I believe, or two tries. So uh, I just got so familiar with all the hazards that uh, it wasn't really a problem anymore. So, yeah, anyways, that is Paperboy 1 and 2. There's not much more I can say about it, really. Like, I gave you the explanation on how the game works, uh, what to look out for if you actually do want to pick this up. Um, But that is pretty much all these games have to offer. Um, They are still just basically arcade games where you want to get a high score, pretty much. So let's take a look at the cover art. Uh, the cover art for the first paper boy is just a drawing of a paper boy throwing uh, papers. Yep, that's literally it. It's, uh, it's a small boy on a bike and he throws papers right to the screen. Um, I don't really like the drawing itself of the character, but it's a fine cover, I guess. Uh, I like the logo at least, it's a cool logo, but I, I do not like the child drawing. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure everybody knows how Paperboy looks like. Uh, when it comes to Paperboy 2, we have an actual photo of, a, of a Paperboy. He looks like he's 18, to be honest. Uh, like, with a lot of, lot of papers hanging around him. And he's, he's probably jumping off a ramp. So I guess he was a stunt biker. Uh, so yeah, he's just flying across the screen. And there's some houses in the background. It's it just a, it's a photo. It's literally just a photo. Uh, They changed the logo to something very generic. I don't like it. I don't know. First one was better. And there's also some green goo on the left side of the cover. I don't know why they did that. Maybe it's due to the Mindscape logo being that as well. But whatever. It's not a very uh, (laughs) inspired cover at all. Whatever. Um, let's go on to some trivia. I don't have any trivia about the game itself, besides that I said uh actually had a handlebar controller in the arcade Uh, but just some random newspaper trivia like uh, regular newspapers on Sunday do not exist in Belgium Uh, there are only specialized ones that you have to pick up for free at like a bakery or a butcher shop or something like that on Sunday Um, but yeah too bad the European versions of this game didn't get rid of Sunday (laughs) because I know in Belgium we don't have them I don't know how it is for other countries but yeah, Sunday newspapers just don't exist really unless those specialized ones count but whatever um, so general reception in all the new media so I looked this up and I, I do know that the NES version is very beloved uh, but I also saw that like old magazines gave the Game Boy version of Paperboy 1 at least uh, a score of 80% or more um, and that just shows that most of them just got paid to good reviews into their magazines because this is really not a good game like I'm sorry there's just there's no redeeming factor to the first paper boys the second one maybe a little bit more but uh all in all these ports are are pretty horrible so so yeah uh so anyways uh I, I guess it's time for you people to listen to another amazing track of uh, Paperboy on Gameboy. Uh, so enjoy that, uh, or just wait until I get back and, and mute the thing. <laughs> Whatever you do. Uh, but yeah, I'll be back after this uh, short break. paper boy hey eh? aren't you glad i'm back that i did an episode on this um so let's dive a little bit of, uh, into my thoughts and history with the game um Basically, you can burn these games in hell, for all that I care. Um, these are not games for me, uh, as you might already know if you listen to previous episodes. Like, I'm really not big into arcade-style games at all, where, where the only real point uh, is to get points like... I didn't grow up with games like that like on the atari and stuff like that so um for me it started with nes which had a clear quote-unquote story uh, mechanics and an ending Uh, so those were the games i liked i'm not into arcade style games at all um if however it was just an arcade game where there was no ending it would be fine basically because um you would actually try to go for the high score, which is pretty easy actually, but it changes the way you play the game. Um, In this case, you know there's an ending, so you know you have to survive until you get to the end, uh, which means you're going to play very, very carefully, um, not waste any newspapers to get extra points and things like that. Um, And I feel like if it really was just a high score game, you could experiment a little bit more. Oh, if I do that, I can uh, I can get more points this way and that way. But now, as you know, you have to reach a certain ending. You will not do that at all. Um, especially when it comes to those stunt uh, courses at the end of the game. I just let myself get hit by something just to skip them and get on with it. Especially in the first one. In the second one, I do tend to do that just to get a break because there are longer streets um plus i know i can get extra lives and things like that so it's a little bit easier that way but yeah whatever um but yeah the m- mechanics of this game on gameboy at least are, are not meant to go for a high score um and you can argue that they kind of fixed that in paperboy 2 with a password and extra lives but in the end it's it's a game you have to beat and not a game you have to play to get the best at or If you want to phrase it like that. Um, So I can't speak for any other ports of this game as I've never played any of them but apparently the NES version uh, of Paperboy 1 at least or even the Atari Lynx version of Paperboy 1 is the way to go if you want to experience the game in a good way. Uh, I do not know if they end after a week or if they just loop either but uh, if you want to play Paperboy most people will say Play the one on NES. Um, again, I wouldn't care because <laughs> I don't care about uh, the genre. But uh, yeah, if you want to check it out, play the NES version, and it's the same game as on Game Boy. But at least you can see what's going on. So uh, on Game Boy, at least for me, Paperboy Two is definitely the superior game. But superior shit still remains shit, sadly. Uh, but if you really want to play Paperboy on Game Boy. I would say go with the second one. Uh, I felt like the hazards, even though they are still random each time you restart, are way easier to predict and even learn, making for an all-out better experience. Uh, in Paperboy One, I was literally just praying and hoping nothing would hit me because I couldn't react at all. Um, there were many stages where I was like, "Please don't hit me! Please don't hit me! Please don't hit me!" And then after four hours it happened that i didn't get hit so that that's literally it and i felt in paperboy 2 i was actually getting quote unquote better at the game so unless there was some real real stupid bullshit, i could always uh, get away unharmed so those are my thoughts uh, about the game i don't have any history with it really I, i didn't play them as a kid at all so retro achievements there are none Thank God. <laughs> at least for me, thank God there are none. So we can just skip that. Uh, somehow some crazy people do think it's a good game to speedrun because Paperboy 1 on Gameboy has, uh, has a few runs going for it. Uh, there's perfect deliveries and non-perfect delivery runs. The perfect delivery world record at this uh, point in time is 11 minutes, 6 seconds and... 85 milliseconds non-perfect delivery is 11 minutes Basically, yeah, 11 minutes. There you go uh, One is hold by Holly go rock the un- the other by thunder daddy oh, If you want to check that out, I do not I checked it out, but I have no idea how they do it It's crazy how they can avoid everything uh, Maybe I'm just really bad at the game whatever but <laughs> so um, paperboy. Paperboy 2 also has some runs, only by one person, Peanutfan22. Um, it's perfect delivery and non-perfect delivery. Delivery, Jesus, I can't talk. But only on Easy Street. So uh, there's no middle. Oh, here's the, here it is. Easy Street, Middle Road, and Hardway. There we go. I knew they were called different. Um, but yeah, only Easy Street is available as a speedrun right now. Uh, all the other Middle Road, way, separately, and even All Streets doesn't have any runs, so go try that for yourself. Uh, the perfect delivery for Easy Street is 17 minutes and 41 seconds, and the non-perfect is 13 minutes and 29 seconds. So technically they're all short games, but I guess a full game of Paperboy 2 will take you about 45 minutes or something. So yeah, that's it. That's all I have to say about... Uh, about Paperboy, um nothing more should be said about Paperboy. anyways <laughs> this is probably the most uh uh the most subjective i've been in any episode so far but it really is a bad game on, on game boy let me <laughs> let me be clear on that on game boy it's it's really just a bad game so why would you play it just wanna warn everybody. There you go. Anyways, if you think that Paperboy is actually an amazing game and that I'm completely wrong, uh, you can of course let me or the other two people who work on this episode know, um by commenting on our tracks on SoundCloud, or you can contact me on uh Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, all under slash Moola, which is M O E L L E U H. If you want to not address me uh, directly, but want to uh, say to EBC or to legs that they have to fire me because I don't like Paperboy. Uh, you can also reach them. Of course, you can reach E bloody Kenny on uh, Twitch. Twitter and YouTube and Instagram, and I think TikTok as well, all S-E Bloody eBloodyCandy and Lex you can find on Twitch as Legs on Twitter as Legs on YouTube as Lex and through our own website SprintingLegs.com where all of our projects are bundled together. Just like uh, our manual database that we still want to expand until we have them all, which will probably take a long while. Uh, You can also, of course, just join our Discord. Uh, You can find a link to our Discord on our website, uh, which is thisisgameboy.com. You can also find the links to all of our socials on there for easier access. Um, Of course, we are also a little bit of sellouts. Well, maybe not sellouts, but we we do like to get money. Uh, (laughs) I guess a sellout would be be if we got sponsored or something. Uh like Rate 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 what is it called? Now I forgot the name. Yeah, Rate. Whatever. You know the game. The mobile game. No. Um but we we do have some <laughs> ways you can throw some money at us if you really want to. Uh, we got a Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com slash thisisgameboy. Uh, and if you become a patron, you get access to a bunch of stuff like uh, early access to our Hunt Hunters episodes on YouTube, which is a small Let's Play show that me and EBC do where we play quote unquote scary games. Uh, they're, they're usually not that scary, so... Uh, if you, even if you're not into them, come check it out. Uh, we usually make it, make it quite fun, hopefully. Um, you also get access to our episode notes. You get access to special channels in our Discord. Uh, and we are currently working on some new um, benefits for our patrons. So uh, check that out over time to see what gets added uh, if you don't like those monthly based subscription thingies and you just want to donate uh, some money to us one time you can do that through paypal again that uh you can find a link to that on our website um please if you are in our discord and you have donated through paypal let, let us know your name let us know your handle uh, so we can also give you access to like the other channels and things like that, because we do want to give you um, some, some bonuses for doing that. Uh, But we cannot tie PayPal into discord. So just, just let us know who you are and we will take care of it on our end. Um, If you do not like to just pay and not get any stuff or any physical stuff, we do have a merch store. easy to find. It's merged up. This is gameboy.com where we currently have our limited edition t-shirt available again. Um, I think it will remain until the end of summer for sure. We also have our normal t-shirt and a mug. The t-shirts are in very good quality. Uh, both me and EBC at least have watched ours for many of times and the print is still pretty good. And, uh, the coloring of the, shirt itself hasn't faded well in my case because i have a green one there's a green a gray and a dark gray one uh, i have the green one still looking green pretty good i like it uh it's a little bit too warm to wear <laughs> at the moment <laughs> here in belgium but whatever uh it is pretty good um but yeah, if you do not want to support us with money but just want to support us like you i have lost my words because I got thirsty. Um, <laughs> if you want to support us without money, uh, you can definitely do that. That's by just uh, liking our episodes, spreading the word that we exist, commenting on episodes, rating the episodes on whatever podcast uh, thing you are using. Um, that helps a lot because it puts us higher up in the ratings and then more people can find out we exist um and speaking of we're almost almost hitting 20k listens in total on soundcloud uh which is crazy that's uh, that's a lot of listens uh and lately the episodes have been doing quite well like it's usually already 60 listens on day one uh like when we started it was more like two listens on day one so that's that's a huge improvement for sure uh but yeah Definitely reach out to us in any way you can or support us any way you can. And uh, that will help to make the podcast even better in the future. So yeah, that's it for me. I'm signing off with this. Next time, me and EVC will be back to talk about the hit movie and hit game uh, Ghostbusters 2. See you there. Bye bye.